Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28, everyone should open to it. While the testimonies were going on, something interesting was dropped in my spirit. You know, scripture says, those that know God shall be strong and they will do exploits. I mean, what's that doing exploit? Or is it God that's doing the exploit? Mm, that scripture did not say God will do it. You are meant to do it. Because the testimony that was shared this morning showed two set of people. The one who is doing the exploit and the one God is doing the exploit. God is always faithful. Tell your neighbor, God is always faithful. And in this church, we enjoy the faithfulness of God every day. And it's amazing, out of the 10 testimonies that came out, one is the one doing the exploit, the other one is God is just blessing you. If your testimony is come by the end of this year, what is it going to be? Will you share the exploits that you have done for God? What would that be like? What would that look like? Because honestly, it is good that we come every Sunday and we share testimonies of how much God is blessing us and we keep doing that. That scripture that I read says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is God always wants to show his goodness to us every time. In the place, of that scripture that we're going to read, it says healing is the children's bread. Right? So those are things that God does normally. It's just normal for him to do all those things. But it should also be normal for you to do exploits for Jesus. Isn't it? We should be doing exploits for Jesus. We have three months to the end of the year. Bigger and better has there really been so. That's why I said it's a buffet, so I'm moving around. Has it been so? These are the thoughts that's going through my heart. Every Sunday, we stand in this place and we make the confession, an amazing confession we declare with so much power. And towards the end of it, we say, this year, I shall do bigger and better exploits. Has it really been so this year? Has it really been so? All my prayers have been answered. Has it been so? What I say, go to go. So I say, come to comes. Has it really been so? Every time we make this confession, and it does not happen. Let us read that scripture. Then Jesus went out from there and departed into the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and he cried out unto him and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her not a word. And the disciple came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which falls from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Church, it is possible for you to be in church. I know you're part of the blessings. Are you with me? And it's possible for a stranger to be in church and take the blessing. 
Are you featured? We've declared the year bigger and better because concerning great life connection, that's what God has spoken to us about. It is possible that someone will be seated here and all they're doing is criticizing every, oh, she's making noise after us like the disciples were. They are so bogged down with the activities, with the decorum. They're so bogged down with, oh, how things should be. You know, they're so bogged down with the level of excellence that should be. Yet, there's a woman that was not even meant to be there, that was there on that day by chance, yet knew how to touch the master's. Great. Just Christ said, great is your faith. This morning... I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus that before the end of this year, everything that God needs to do in your life, that you'll be able to say, hey, this year has actually been bigger and better. I pray for you. It shall be so in Jesus' mighty name. It shall be so in Jesus' mighty name. It shall be so in the name of Jesus. So I want to talk to us this morning about how can I get the best of my church? of the things that God has spoken to us about. My topic has changed. That's another topic I wrote down. But now, I want to talk to us about how to get the best. Because there's no point God speaking and you not getting. He said his words will never return to him void. Let me tell you the truth. Rather than God's word to return to him void, it will bring somebody else who is not even a member of this church come and get that blessing and go. Let me tell you how the word of God is. It's like a seed that is scattered, parable of the sower. It depends on the heart and the person that is receiving it. The word will prosper concerning you. I said the word will prosper concerning you. So Jesus Christ answered that woman and said, great is your faith. I've never seen any faith like that in Israel. And I started to think about it last week that... This thing called faith, because next month we're going to be delving a lot more into faith. This thing that is called faith is required for everything that wants to obtain in God. Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Am I right? So as I sat down there and I was thinking, what really is this faith? How can it be? Because every day we make these confessions. Do you know that our confession will be making it for over a year? Right? And if truly confession achieves the purpose for which confession should be, we start seeing the results. Except there's something wrong. It was then that I realized that faith and confession, they don't go hand in hand. They are two different things. Confession motivates you. Faith prompts action. Right? Now, God has started teaching me in a different way how to make my faith work. Right? So I first understood that confession without the understanding of the word of God behind it is noise and motivational speaking. So if we make all those declarations every day and everybody's pumped up, hey, let us do it. I am important. We keep making that noise, right? I don't understand the foundation of those things that we are declaring. It's a waste of time. You see that we didn't make confession this morning. Because all we would have just done, 
we charge ourselves for two minutes, and after that two minutes, you've forgotten everything. I started realizing that knowing something has to increase your learning. It is the first level of building faith. It's the first building block of faith. And I wanted to, if I, I was able to, I was going to bring different building blocks. I just use your imagination now. Is that okay? Imagine if there's a balloon there, a beautiful balloon. And a child like me was standing there, and I really wanted that balloon, you know, and I can't get that balloon because it's so high. The same way that most things that we want in life is so far away from us. Right? What can make me get that balloon is called faith. What can make God intervene for me to get that balloon is called faith. But for God to intervene, your faith has to build up because our faith, uh, what we can get with our faith is dependent of the measure of faith that we have. So, if that is the case, imagine this is a building block. The first building block for you in building up your faith is knowledge. When you don't know, you are only wishing. Do I get an amen? When you don't know what the Bible says about what you are trusting in God for, it's only a wish. Hence why we can put our faith in something that does not have substance. Every, um, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is the substantiating of the things that is up for. In fact, faith is you producing evidence for the things that you are hoping for. So show me the evidence in the word of God for that thing you are hoping for. Knowledge is always the first phase. Then, after knowledge you've known, you need to keep knowing so that you can have understanding. Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. With all that gettings, get understanding. You need to keep knowing, and this is where confession comes in. The reason why we're confessing, or sorry, this is where meditation comes in, so that you can keep knowing what you think that you have read. Right? What I'm saying is still introduction. Then after knowing, after, after meditating and you are knowing, and that scripture becomes part of you, is when you can now move to the next thing called confession. Confession is now another building block. Now I've known, you put another building block, confession, so that you can climb on it. And after confession, confession breeds that motivation. Motivation breeds action. It wants you to do something. It is when you get to that point of wanting to do something about it, that's when your faith is now kicking in. So all these times, we've been making confession, and we've not put action into our confessions. Are you with me? Hence, no results. You might know, knowing is not sufficient for faith. You might know and not believe it. If you believe it, then you act it. God help us in Jesus' mighty name. So to do this point, I want to talk to us about making this thing work for us from the starting with understanding. You know, everything that we confess every Sunday is what we refer to in church as our five Ps. We just say that to make us um, understand five Ps so that we can remember it easily. It is what makes us different from every other church. God pours the rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. The blessings of God are upon every church. 
But what makes every church different to the other, God gives to each of the churches. That's why God, Bible refers to God as the many manifold God, multifaceted God, God that, is, that has many faces. You know, he, 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 while he reveals himself to, to one church as a healing church God, he reveals himself to another as a praying church, he reveals himself to another as a, as a delivering church, he reveals himself to different churches in different ways. And when you don't have this understanding, guess what's going to be happening to you? You will come to church every Sunday and you are not going to get anything from church. Because you cannot understand, or you might not find fulfillment in it because you do not understand what's this church about. So, great light connections. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. If anybody asks you, what makes your church different? Why great light connections? This is where our church is from. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep, darkness, of, of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. This is what everybody in this church must know. Do I get an amen? You must know this because this is who we are. The word, the first phrase there talks about the people. That is our first P. The fact that people are important to God. The fact that you are important. You're not a mistake in God. You are not a mistake in the scheme of things. In fact, it was only yesterday that I realized one thing. That for everybody that has ever lived in the Bible pre-Jesus' time, right? The value that was placed on them was the value of a ram. When they sinned, guess what happened? A ram was sufficient to atone for their sin. But you are so important that there was nothing in heaven and on earth that could atone for your sin that God had to present himself. That's how important you and I are in the schemes of God. Now, it will be selfish of me, it will be a mistake of me to say that I am so important that I forget the next person to me in Great Life Connection. So, this church is not a church only that I am important. It's a church that you yourself, you have to treat the next person as important to God. Do I get an amen? amen? You have to treat the next person as important to God. That's why mutual respect is important. That's why I come into your life to make sure that, hey, you are the best that you should be. And you should come into my life to ensure that I'm the best that I should be. It's about the people. If Jesus Christ died and nobody gets saved, his death would have been in vain. This is the reason why it's important for you and I to go out there to the people in darkness and also bring them to the great lights. It is important. These are the things that you and I need to be doing for our confessions to manifest. 
These are the things that you and I need to engage in for us to have a bigger and better year. And you will have it in Jesus' mighty name. I said you will have it in Jesus' mighty name. I said you will have it in Jesus' mighty name. First John chapter 2, verse 2. It says, he himself was the propitiation for our sin, not of us only, but also for the sin of this whole world. Jesus Christ did not just die for you and I. He died for this whole world. Jesus Christ does not, his death is not only for you to feel cool in your own place, to keep enjoying it only, but also that you and I will ensure that the name of Jesus is not in vain. We need to go out there and tell the whole world about Jesus. That scripture that I read earlier, Psalm 34, says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is for you to come in, taste, and then go and tell the whole world about what you have tasted. Before the end of this year, the world will hear your own testimony. In the name of Jesus. Oh my God, you can't share your testimony again. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. God has already promised us that even to your old age, I am he. And even to the gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made you and I will bear. Even I will carry and I will deliver you. This is the intention of God for his children. This is the perception of God for, for us as a church. That's why it's important for you and I to go out there and win souls to God. Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. Who are these people? Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. So we should go out there and look for the poor. I'm not talking about those who are poor financially. Bring them to so, like Reverend John said, says the gospel of Jesus is a rich gospel. It's a rich man's gospel. If somebody is poor financially, what are you telling them if not to make them bigger and better? Right? So, we should invite those who are poor, who are poor in spirit, who does not know him that much. He said, he has sent you to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Is an instruction that God has given to you and I as a church. It is what makes us relevant in God. Do you know that as a, as a people, we are getting closer to measuring our relevance by how people see us. Even me as a, as a pastor, can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? There are times that Oh, worship is going on, and I look around. Oh, people are not here yet. I'm starting to focus on people rather than on God. They, today, I have to correct myself. There's no way I lifted up my hands and started worshiping God. Before God, are you relevant? Is your relevance measured by these earthly things? Or by everyone looking at you and be like, oh, my God, that's my faithful servant. Where is your relevance coming from, church? The best man can do for you is to clap for you the day you die. Give us five days, life moves on. That's the best of your relevance. But there's one with whom you can be relevant to eternity. Whom you can reign with forever. Please, let us refocus our mind to what is important, church. 
What is important is that God celebrates us, not man celebrating us. What is important is that you are pleasing God, not man. What is important is that you are fulfilling the call of God upon your life, not pleasing anybody, church. So people is important to us. Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work, to those, work together to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right? In this church, we also recognize the fact that it is not just that people should come. Even if this church is filled, listen, and everybody comes on Sunday, enjoy some people, and go. Come on, church will, some of us will feel filled. But for us, it's important that everybody in church is fulfilling their purpose. That is why when you come to this church, guess what happened? We associate you with a minister. You will make sure that you get a call from somebody. It is not a call to just find out how you are doing. It's a call to find out how you are doing. But more importantly, let us help you discover what God has called you to. What God has called each and every one of us to is different. That's why at times when I see that you have, not be, you have been in church for a while and you are not doing anything, whether in church you are not coming to your testimony of how you healed the sick out there, how you raised up the dead, I call you to the corner and say, so why is he going? You, and you can come to me and say, oh, but pastor, I don't know what department to join. That is fine. Don't join any department, but tell me what you want to do. We create your own department. Because it's important that all of us... See, listen, your salvation is not a mistake. The purpose we are meant to fulfill in Christ, you better do it. Stop sitting on the fence. Thank God workers here is going to start from, I think, next week. No, in, but you can start applying from next week, isn't it? Or even from today. Or the workers here is starting again very soon. You better make sure that you are doing something for Jesus. Scripture says to us that you should not only put treasure here on earth, where moth and caterpillar do corrupt. See, your investment can go in one day, God forbid. Just ask Job. Everything that man chases can live in one day. But wait, so if everything on earth leaves, you should be able to draw from the investment that you are stored in heaven. How is your heaven bank account like this morning, church? What will heaven even know you for? You know, it's easy for us to want to claim the blessings of David. Oh, David was an amazing man. Ah, but hey, 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 wait, 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 wait. David knew how to load his bank accounts in heaven. Even so much so that when God rejected David and said, hey, you are not going to build for me. David said, no problem, God. It's not for me to build a temple for you. That's fine. But you know what? I will supply all the resources that you will need for that temple. What will everyone know you for? David challenges me a lot. David is like God's Spotify. Every time God wants to enjoy a music, every time God wants to, somebody to praise him, guess what? He knew that David was a ready vessel. Can God lean on you every time? That's what purpose is. I'm not saying something that you are doing to please anybody. I'm saying something that you are doing 
to just please God. That God, if you want someone, anytime you're looking for someone to do this job for you, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Every time you need someone to intercede for anyone, I'm always ready. We can claim Abraham's blessing from now till tomorrow. It was one of the things that Abraham did. Because God knew that if I need someone to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah, who can I go to? I can't hide it from my friend, Abraham. He went to Abraham and told Abraham his plan that, hey, you know what, I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you think? Can God have a discussion with you? Don't forget that that's the reason why God created us in the first place. After God created man, the Bible says in the cool of the day, God will descend from his throne and come and fellowship with man. Can God even rely on you for fellowship? That's your quiet time going like. Come on, let's, if we have three months to the end of the year, bigger and better. This is what Greater Connection is. It is not just a church, it's a movement. It is not, listen, if you think that Greater Connection is for us to just come to church on Sunday, you've missed it. That's why it's not bigger and better. On Sunday, we come together like this, we challenge ourselves, we fight, we do, we say hello, and then we go out from here and actually fulfill Greater Connection's mandates. So bigger and better is not only in our number, it's about also what you are doing outside church. Are you with me in church? Everything that's, listen, just in case you do not know, let me tell you this. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. The final commandment that Jesus Christ gave to us. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Whatever your purpose is, whatever your calling is, whatever it is that you are doing in God, outside God, guess what must accumulate in this? It does not matter how a tire is turning, right? It does not matter the direction of the, of the boots of the car. All of them go in the direction of where the driver turns it. Our driver, Jesus, have told us that is a combination of the old matter. Everything that you are doing in God, whether you are cleaning, whether you are welcoming someone, whether you are preaching, must draw people and make them disciples. That's why when somebody comes to church, it does not matter what they're wearing. If they, are, if they like, let them wear their swimsuit to church. You won't judge them. You will love them because everything that we are doing is to do what? Disciple them unto God. So what's, the first, what's our first P? What's our second P? Please, if you are not sure of what your purpose is, please see me, see any of the pastors, see any of the ministers. Listen, they will put you in the right direction. As long as you want to hear. The third one is that Great Life Connection is a church that God, that, I, that we, we believe that's a church of power. We're not an ordinary church. We're not an ordinary church. 
And the more and the quicker, and how quickly we can start fulfilling this mandate of power is dependent on each and every one of us growing up in our faith. Do I get an amen? amen. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, I will release power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So this power that we are talking about is in different versions, right? It's not only spiritual power, but also power when it comes to governance, right? Because if you are very, very spiritual and you pray and you are doing things in the spiritual and you are not governing in your locality, your blessing will remain in the spiritual end. That's why we are placed in a country as United Kingdom for now. That in this United Kingdom, we will not just develop ourselves in spiritual power. Great Life Connection is also a church where we were part of governance. But we are not there yet. Thank God we have a few directors in our midst. But that is just, see, listen, that is, that's, they will not even give us the taster. We don't even start it. And it's not only in the corporate world. What about in government? What about in government? What about in our local authority? Praise God, my wife raised that um, is now a party, uh, party card holder. Guess what? I have done the same thing. How about you? Why would decisions be taken in this land that does not, that you cannot influence? God did not create Christians to be mediocre. God did not create Christians. In fact, the Bible makes us to realize that we are the salt of this world. What it should mean is that they should not be able to take decisions without us. So when did the church become cold? And guess what? The best that we do as a church, the best that we do, we just feel one online campaign. I have done my part. You've not done anything. You've not done anything. Because regardless of the 5 million people that are registered online, it's still dependent on some people to make that decision. Why can't that people or those people be us Christians? I'm challenging, see, I'm challenging you. If your accent is better than mine, you must go into politics. <laughs> if they will not understand what I'm talking about, they will understand you. If, if listen to me, if you choose not to go into, I don't want to hear your opinion about this country again. Keep it to yourself. I mean that. Keep it. Stop complaining. All right. Okay. Let me make it better. Rather than complain, join the intercessory team. I'm still, I was saying it to the prayer coordinator that I'm still waiting because it's one of the things that God has spoken to me right from the beginning when we started church. That in this church, we will have intercessors every morning, Monday to Friday, in front of number 10, Downing Street, interceding for 15 minutes. Come and start with them. As long as your accent is better than mine, come on, you can do better. You can do better. This is the power that we're talking about. This one makes us different. This one makes us great light connections. The people living in darkness have to see this great light church. This is why we talk about bigger and better. If we should write our exploits last year and this year, really, what are we going to write about? We cannot even say that we invited many more people to church. This is the easiest of them all, invite people to church. Sorry, am I speaking to us this morning? And the other P, 
Mark 11. So what's the first P? What is the second P? What's the third one? The fourth one is prayer. Mark, in fact, I prefer the John 15 verse 7 version. John 15 verse 7. It says, if you abide in me, right, and my word abide, abides in you. There's a caveat to it. It's not about just coming for prayer meeting. God says, this is actually Jesus speaking himself. He says, if you stay in me, and don't just stay in me, let my word also stay in you. There are so many things that God has told you to do. There are so many instructions that God has given to you that's not abiding. You hear them, but you just don't let them abide. You know, the rain can fall on you and not soak you. The rain has not abided in you. <laughs> it is only when the rain soaks you that it's abided in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, it says anything you ask me, anything you desire, anything you desire. See, that's a blank check that God has given to us. Anything you desire. It does not say anything I say. Anything you desire. If you ask him, it will be done for you. What's the condition? You stay in God and let God stay in you. And let his word stay in you. That's what we are, church. We're a place of prayer. We're a place of prayer. We're a place of prayer. It's just amazing that our prayer meeting is not about what we desire. We won't come for Bible study, but we'll come for prayer meeting. The word we know about, we won't come for Sunday school, but we're like, oh God. And as such, we have to exalt prayers again. I was telling the prayer coordinator earlier today that, do you know, we've never had a vigil in two, two years. And amazing, thank God, ye ask is coming. If you don't know, on the 18th to 19th, 18th is a Friday, 19th is a Saturday, 18th to 19th, we start at 2019, that's 8, 19 p.m. And we'll finish the following day, 24 hours prayers. Scripture says that the reason why you don't receive is because you don't ask. Ask that your joy be full. Ask that your joy be full. So if you don't come for the prayer, right, don't come for any prayer throughout the year, for the rest of the year. Every prayer I can pray for you, pray that day. Ask that your joy be full. Means I will be praying for myself. Amen. Then the last P is praise. Says when the Lord Psalm one forty five one forty five three to five. Let us take that one. It says, "Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable." One generation shall praise thy work to another and shall declare thy mighty works. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. There's so many things I can say in that scripture. But what I want to just bring out from that scripture is that whether we like it or not, whether you choose to do it or not, God's name be praised. If you want to know, if you, want to, if you dispute it, this morning when you were running away from the rain, right? The rain was actually praising God with their claps. When you were feeling like, oh, can I go to this rain? The rain was already, they were already doing the praise worship. All you just need to do is drive through the, the woods. Then you see the leaves worshiping God. 
What you just need to do, at times, just go to the seaside and pay attention. Then you hear all the noise, all the redeeming sounds that, in, that the wave and everything is making. Then you know the name of God be praised. Everything around you makes noise. You just tap the wood. Then rather the wood cries out. Everything around you praises God. Are you with me? So your praise, God just prefers it. It's melody to his ears. But if we choose to pray, not praise him not, then God carries up stones. That's what scripture says. But not just us. We are meant to pass it from generation to generation. Look around us. You know, when we started church, I'm 46 years old now, right? So when we started church, um, that was, I was 39, I think, or 38, thereabouts. So I was feeling old that time. So when we started, those that started with us, right, Kunle, Kofo, they were young. So we felt we were a young church. We're we doing the next generation. All of you, most of you are the next generation. Now, where's the generation after you? Where, eh, Kunle, where are you? Where's the generation after you? Stop thinking that you're young. You're not young anymore. Don't you understand what that scripture says? From generation to generation shall praise you. That means we're not doing what we should do. Our choir is becoming old. No, but it's the reality of it. That's why most of you are telling me that you are busy. Don't you know that's the meaning of being old. When life now comes upon you, you realize that you have a lot of priorities. Then the things that you naturally do now becomes very, very difficult. Very soon, when <coughs> Jacob and Joshua start chasing Ladi around church, <laughs> Ladi will be like, Pastor, can we get out of that drama? <laughs> Bigger and better is true. <laughs> the boss shall be true. <laughs> bigger and better. If I ask the name for them, bigger and better. <laughs> Amen. Oh my God, the word of God be fulfilled. <laughs> uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Where's the next generation that's going to praise him? And it's all of us church. We are the 19-year-olds. We are the 21-year-olds. We are the 23-year-olds. Just a few. One said, I'm here. <laughs> all right, she's here. We are the rest. <laughs> Amen. May God help us. Now, let me close with this scripture. Job chapter 28. I want you to follow that scripture. It's a very interesting scripture, and I couldn't get away from it. Because it's a scripture that blew me completely off. I don't know whether I've ever seen it. Job chapter 28. Start from verse 7. Job 28 verse 7, we read from the beginning to the end. It says, there's a path that no bird knows. Nor has any falcon's eyes seen it. Continue. It says, the proud lions have not even trodden it. That means they've not even gone near it. Nor has the first lion passed over it. Continue. He puts his hand on the flint. This is God now. 
and overturns the mountain at the roots. It cuts out the channels in the rock. See, on that road, that place that no, 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 no foul has trodden it, no falcon has seen it, no one knows where that path is. The mountain that is there, God cuts a channel in it. His eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the street. Look at it. When the Israelites, when they got to the Red Sea, the way that nobody has seen, God created in that Red Sea. It dams up the stream from the trickling. What is eating, it brings forth to light. Continue. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its values, nor, its, nor is it found in the land of the living. Wisdom cannot be learned. Nobody can teach wisdom. It cannot be found anywhere. The deep, the deep says it is not in me. The seas says it is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of offer, in precious onyx, or in sapphire. Neither gold nor crystals can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for the jewelries of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or coils, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Move to verse 20. Is that okay? From where does wisdom come from? And where is a place of understanding? Verse 22, 23 now. Now, it can't be found anywhere, but God understands its ways and knows its place. Continue, 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 continue. For he looks to the end of the earth and he sees under the old urbans to establish a weight for the wind and appoint the waters by measure. When he makes a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolts, then he saw wisdom and declared it, he prepared it, indeed, he, he only searched it out. Listen, every God has spoken to us as a church that this year is going to be bigger and better, but there's a way to approach it. That way, nobody knows. That way, see, all those things that you are praying, oh, God, do this, God, do this, God, God knows the way to it. God knows how you are going to get there. Nobody knows. You cannot pay for it. You cannot get it in any book because if you can, you would have bought it in Amazon. It's only God that knows it. And to you this morning, church, God is saying, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Has God become an equal church? Do we still reverence this God? Do we still reverence this God? Or do we just come to God without a thought of him? 
How much does God stay in your heart all week? That is a way to get it. Bow down your head and talk to God this morning. There's a prayer that I want you to pray, but you have to be careful. Listen to me quickly, church. I want to pray that God teach me wisdom. And I'll tell you what that means. God teach me wisdom. He has taught you wisdom this morning, the fear of the Lord. But God teach me wisdom also means that God can teach you by experience. God can make you experience something that you fear in. That is the hard way. You can humble yourself or you can be humiliated. There's always two ways. All right? You can say, God, teach me wisdom. All right, God, I've read you. I'm going, to, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to revere you. I'm going to reverence you every time now. Or you can wait for him to slap your face before. But whichever way, why not call God and say, God, in your mercy, teach me wisdom. In your mercy, teach me wisdom. Teach me to fear you. Teach me to know you, to understand you this morning. Talk to God this morning. Talk to him, church. Talk to him, church. Talk to him. Talk to him. Let him hear your voice. And the first step to that is you giving your life to Jesus. Some of us, we gave our life to Jesus some time back, and you have taken it back. You are now the one that is the author and the finisher of your own faith. You do what you want to do, you say what you want to do, you be what you want to be. This morning, if you want to join me this morning, giving your life to Jesus, or you're rededicating it, please just rise up on your feet. Let us do this thing together. You want to give your life to Jesus, or you want to rededicate yourself unto him, and say, God, I want to start with you afresh. I know I've made a mockery of this thing called faith. I've made a mockery of this thing called Christianity. I've done it with, I've, I've not even thought about how I was doing it. I was just doing it. This morning, Lord, I want to stand up and say, God, please just have mercy on me. The opportunity is still there. Scripture says today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You want to give your life to Jesus or you want to rededicate it. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. You want to give your life to Jesus? Just rise up on your feet and I'll pray with you this morning. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? Rise up on your feet and I'll pray for you. And if all of us are good, then let us talk to God that God show me the path of wisdom. Show me the path of wisdom. Thank you, mighty Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding unto the simple. So much has been said, but Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, let your spirit quicken us. Let it quicken these words in our hearts, in our lives, in the name of Jesus, that we'll be able to fulfill the mandate that you've called us to. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it. Let us celebrate Jesus. Come and celebrate Jesus this morning.